Bonjour et... Hello and welcome on France 24 and Radio France International. Our guest today is the former French president François Hollande and together with me Christophe Boisbouvier of RFI. Mr. President, hello. Ten years ago, exactly, François Hollande, you took the decision to engage France militarily in Mali to push back the jihadi groups. A few months ago, the French soldiers withdrew at the request of the Malian authorities and the jihadis gained ground. You often say you do not regret your decision of January 2013, but frankly, ten years later, isn't it a failure? No. Well, first of all, the decision that I took on behalf of France in January 2013, uh, I didn't take it because France had any interest in Mali. I took that decision at the request of the interim president of Mali at the time and all the African heads of states who were asking us, indeed imploring us, to act, to contain, to repel a jihadist attack that was without doubt going to uh, Bamako. Now, if uh, France, and I was still president at that time, remained in Mali, it was still at the request of the authorities and also uh, the uh, full international community. Let me remind you that the UN had also decided to be present through a peacekeeping mission in Mali. Now, if uh, we'd wanted to uh, combat uh, jihadism, it's not because it threatened us, but it uh, was striking Malian civilian populations and that we know uh, wider afield in uh, Burkina, Niger, in the Sahel and elsewhere. So it was a duty of solidarity for us. Yeah, but the jihadists gained ground. Yes. And, of course, uh, after we left, I was no longer president that time, when the French uh, forces and other contingents uh, pulled out, the jihadists uh, took that opportunity to act, and we um, inflicted very significant losses on them, including on their leadership. But once the French forces pulled out, the jihadists who'd maintained positions uh, extended those and deployed into other areas. And that's why uh, France can only be present if it is uh, asked to be present. It's always been my belief there's no undermining of sovereignty of a country when it uh, calls upon France. Let me recall what I said when I went to Bamako when uh, Timbuktu was liberated and northern Mali could return to a relative form of uh, quiet. I said that it was a duty of solidarity because I didn't forget what the Africans did during the two world wars in coming to help uh, France and a recent film recalls uh, that mobilization. So it was a way of, of paying our debt to Mali as well as to the African uh, countries that the French forces came to Mali. And if there were uh, losses, of course, there were also uh, people who suffered significantly, but there were uh, soldiers, 59 soldiers who sacrificed their lives because I decided to intervene in Mali. And well, those soldiers didn't die in vain, but they were in a mission uh, fighting 
against groups that were oppressing the population and that they weren't there to seek any economic interest, mining interest to uh, make a grab for the resources of Mali, Burkina Faso, Niger. There was nothing in exchange given, no uh, commercial advantages, requests for concessions for particular infrastructure, nothing. There was no quid pro quo. We didn't need a quid pro quo. We were united friends. In your memoirs published in 2018, you say that the a military headquarter warned you that a jihad column could reach the capital city Bamako within three or four days, even less. Some say that this kind of threat didn't exist. You exaggerated to sell, quote-unquote, the Serval uh, mission to the uh, public. Did you have obvious evidence by elent or human that the jihadists will take Bamako? Yes, we had information, very clear, very precise, indicating uh, the assembly of vehicles uh, driven by jihadists who were moving towards uh, Bamako. Maybe they uh, could have stopped on the way, we don't know, but they were heading for uh, Bamako. It's not just France on the basis of its own information that said that. I still recall, since you're uh, recalling that, the interim president of Mali, who on the telephone said to me, well, come, Come because tomorrow or the day after it'll be too late. I had the uh, telephone call from the president of the African Union who was saying, well, we have information indicating that the jihadists are equipped with uh, uh, vehicles that were uh, taken from the uh, Chadian and the Libyan uh, conflict previously, that they're coming and they have uh, equipment to control the town. Later, I asked myself the question, uh, was it possible for a few hundred jihadis to control a town like Bamako? And when I also had to face events in Iraq that uh, Mosul fell under the pressure of a few dozen hundred uh, thousand jihadists against an organized uh, army as the Iraqi army was, uh, I said, yes, it's possible for these jihadis to reach Bamako, but also to control the Malian capital for how long, we don't know, but they could have uh, targeted that and achieved it. That's why I didn't exaggerate anything, and it's rather the Malians, uh, through their authorities, asked me to act because they run the threat. Right after the reconquest of the north by Serval, you go beginning of February to Timbuktu and then to Bamako, and you say there, it's a quote that remained famous, I just experienced the most important day in my political life. Haven't you been slightly carried away by the military victory? Or 10 years later, given the situation of Mali and of Sahel, generally speaking, don't you regret having said that? No, I don't, because I truly felt those words, not because we'd won a military victory, because the people were there, uh, women, 
were wrapping themselves in the French flag. Uh, large crowds in Timbuktu and Bamako were asking us to stay and expressing their gratitude. You see these uh, images that I still have uh, in mind that are being shown. You see that uh, people were grateful for what France was doing. And then I was saddened to see these uh, ties uh, fraying based uh, on friendship, the gratefulness of uh, uh, the population in Mali, but also in France. Many Malians uh, have a livelihood in our uh, country and live their lives uh, peacefully. So I was sad to see uh, the situation deteriorate. Why did it deteriorate? Because uh, uh, Precisely as was said, jihadism continued to strike and the Malians are saying, well, it's never going to end for us. And in spite of the intervention of France or the UN mission, the African forces supporting them, there are still atrocities, still suffering barbaric acts being committed and also probably because a military operation that uh, lasts uh, 10 years gives the impression that we're seeking uh, something else other than just helping. There's a form of occupation of the country, something we've always rejected. And then propaganda, propaganda that took root on the social networks. Uh, indicating that France was coming to dominate a country, seeking to humiliate it, dominate it, control it, and that wasn't at all the case. Just look at the influence that uh, Wagner has, or the the networks uh, uh, fueled by the Russians that managed to convince uh, part of the population that they would protect them better than uh, we could. And I think the neocolonials uh, are them. Well, the French military uh, was drew from Mali and the Russians came in. Could the Russians succeed where the French failed on the military ground or your concern 10 years earlier the jihadists wouldn't seize Bamako? Is it still actual? Well, first of all, when we uh, came, we came with our own flag at the request of the Malian authorities with the support of all the countries of the region and also of the legitimacy uh, conferred on us by the United Nations. Indeed, the legality of the UN, it's not a country today. Uh, Russia doesn't declare that it's present through its own armed forces or troops. It's a, a private group. And we know its ties with the Kremlin, a private group that lives uh, from the money it receives or the predatory activities that it conducts on a territory. It's a private group that isn't answerable before any international institution, a private group. We don't know where its uh, funding comes from and the soldiers that make it up, very often former uh, criminals who are uh, there for interests that are similar to what we uh, used to call mercenary activities. Yes, but if they succeed? Well, the other question is the one that you ask. Are they succeeding? Are there fewer terror attacks, less occupation, less action by the jihadists? The answer is uh, no. No, it's worse. The situation is worse. Uh, jihadism is spreading, striking civilian populations with massacres noted by a number of observers. They're also striking uh, 
in southern Mali where they didn't, uh, they weren't present, not to mention uh, central Mali where there's uh, renewed fighting, uh, very often striking the civilian population with uh, ethnic clashes that have been uh, rekindled. That's why I think this group has absolutely no legality in its uh, operation, has no general interest in being there, save very uh, specific interests, and isn't effective when it comes to fighting terrorism. Now, I respect the sovereignty of countries. As I said, France only came because it was uh, called upon. It left because its present was no longer desired. If Malians wish to have relations with a private group, it's a matter for them with a state other than France. It's their business, but they will have to answer to that in due course. Quickly, another operation you launched, Sangares, Central Africa in 2013. Three years later, France withdraws its troops against the will of uh, Akonstradera, the president who was under the threat of rebel groups. Hence, he calls in the Russians of Wagner. Very simple question now. Have you been totally taken by surprise? Weren't you prepared for the Russians to settle in Bangui? Well, that's exactly the opposite criticism. Uh, you might say, why didn't you stay longer? Well, precisely because we were uh, committed in Mali, ready to intervene in a wider area in Sahel. We also had our commitments in the Middle East, even if it's not the same troops that uh, conduct those operations. There was a, a limit, physical almost. Uh, I'm not talking about a political limit, but we wanted that uh, the UN, the UN uh, MINUSCA P mission should uh, take over and support the elected president of Central Africa to bring about reconciliation and stability in the country. And there again, others were called upon. You didn't see it coming. That was my question. Well, we probably saw it coming without understanding that there again, it was more than military support, but uh, uh, grab on the country's resources. We see the diamond mines interest, a number of private groups, and there are uh, flows at work. And there again, it's the decision of the Central African authorities. It's uh, up to them to know what they want uh, as their destiny. And I find it's rather unfortunate that a group such as Wagner has established itself as it has. Would France have dissuaded? did it in his presence, I'm not sure. And then Chad, following the death on the battlefield of Idris Debi almost two years ago, Emmanuel Macron went to N'Djamena to support the transition led by the son of Idris Debi, Mahmoud Debi. But now, demonstrations against his will to stay in power were repressed in blood. 50 deaths on October 20. France reacted only mildly, but Paris condemned very firmly the coup that happened in Mali, Burkina, Guinea-Conakry. Isn't there too much leniency on behalf of France regarding the Chadian regime? Well, 
There again, as uh, French president, I was uh, led to forging strong ties with the President Deby because uh, President Deby was very forthcoming, active at a time when the jihadis had to be expelled from northern Mali. So there I know what we owe to Chad and the sacrifice of his soldiers. And Chad has always agreed to take part in our international operations. I recall what we did against a terrorist uh, group that was very active around Lake Chad and is uh, still very much uh, present. Now, when President uh, Debbie uh, died, I was no longer in office at that time. It wasn't really a coup that uh, took place, rather a military succession with the idea that this transition would only last a short while and the son of President uh, Debbie would uh, not run for election. And today it's precisely the opposite that's happening. Not only uh, did he uh, renege on commitments uh, made, but a very severe repression and uh, prisoners. I have the same attitude every time there's a coup, uh, freedom's challenged, uh, and I condemn that decision. You think your successor wasn't firm enough? I think he knows that uh, we have a base in Chad, that uh, Chad is cooperating in the fight against jihadism, but it's no reason for us to be tolerant in respect of serious threats to freedoms, human rights, and opponents to this regime. Thank you, Mr. President, for having granted us this interview, and thank you for following us on both channels, France 24 and Radio France International. 200 years ago, a unique country was born, Liberia. It was founded to welcome emancipated American slaves, a dream that rapidly turned into a nightmare. When they came to this place, they used a gun to subdue the native to really surrender the land. Followed a battle for domination, civil war, corruption, and massacres. Is the result of not only the war, but the result of social inequities that created conditions for war. What is the situation today? Our teams went to find out. Watch Liberia Revisited on France 24 and France24.com.